Welcome in to Night Moves, everyone. Normally I'm in the lab, but I thought I'd be outside for a special conversation. Now, I'm introducing you guys, all the Night Eagles, to Kaylee Johnstone, all the way from South Wales, Australia. And we are bringing her in. Well, it's going to be inside the confines of the lab, because normally, Kaylee, I'm, I'm down inside the studio. Yeah. But I want to be outside, and I'm really, um, I say it all the time, but... I am really excited about our conversation. Um, I got connected with you through a Facebook group and um, your post captured me. And I went to the website and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so, this is so needed. And so I reached out to you, um, Night Eagles, welcome into Night Moods. And I want to welcome officially Miss Kaylee Johnstone. Welcome to the conversation. Thank you. Thanks for having me too. Oh, I, this is a this is awesome. Um, this is going to be an, a cool conversation because what you do for a living, I believe, is your passion. Mm-hmm. And I caught that, and then I was going through your website over the past week, and I was like, kind like, it's like right here. I'm just I'm just reading it. There are so many people around this world. Who need, who need passionate people like you. I believe this. So for all the Night Eagles who don't know who Kaylee is, could you introduce yourself and what is a naturopath? Mm. So um, I'm Carly. I'm sorry, I just turned 30. I've been in the industry probably, what is it, seven years now, okay. um, but I had to study for five years. So um what is a naturopath? It's so funny because I think people have so many different ideas around what naturopaths do. Um, And depending on the type of practitioner that you are, really depends on how that is explained. But the best I can explain it is how I work, which is more of a science base. So I'm more into the functional medicine side of naturopathy, which is more to do with your blood work, more to do with analysis, more to do with the testing. Um, It's better for me to be able to see data, see the numbers, and then also get the symptom assessment to then gauge where someone's at to move forward. So um, there's many different types of naturopaths out there, but I'm more of the blood work science background rather than um, other practitioners and different ways that they work as well. Cool. See, this is, um, I, I sent you that my original email, my message to you was through that group and, you know, my daughter who is 25 this year. And I was like, oh, this would be perfect for Jasmine. And then I realized there are like, hundreds if not thousands of jasmine types out there Mm -hmm. and so i discovered in reading you went through what you're doing right now six years ago you were part of i guess part of the problem now you became the solution Mm -hmm. so what happened six years ago or seven years ago Mm -hmm. that brought you to this moment of being part of the solution well, I mean, it was my own journey and it was my own frustration. So I was um, I was interviewed not long ago and someone asked me, you know, what was that initial um, change for you? And initially I would have said that it was my own health journey. Um, but when I really sat with it, I would have been four and my older brother was six and he was really, really sick as a child. So I'd watched him. He had severe asthma 
okay. he, died, he died or passed away in front of my eyes, but then he got oh, resuscitated wow. yeah, in the ambulance. But in my four-year-old head, my brother had just died because he was sick. So my association was, well, if we look after ourselves and we're healthy, then we won't get sick. And I know that that's not the case now, mm-hmm. but like innocence that's definitely what drove it um so then it ended up turning into my own journey which was very much one of weight loss but then getting all of the advice about calories and exercise that wasn't working regardless of how hard I tried because the Mm -hmm. issue wasn't to do with calories and movement. I was probably overdoing the training. Weight still wasn't coming off. It was to do with health conditions that I had because of the lifestyle that I was living and because of the extremities of what I was doing. So I had to dive down into the testing, the hormones, the different health handbrakes that were happening for me to alleviate my own um, health handbrake so that I could move forward and that's where things started I started feeling better weight started coming off and that was okay. really the path that found me thinking well it's not all just food and exercise because if it were we wouldn't have ever growing numbers of obesity 24 7 anyway so there's more to right. the picture and I think the message becomes individualistic medicine which I think is the medicine that everyone needs regardless um, and then how do we move forward at an individual level to affect not only us but have that ripple on effect because if we're not feeling good within our own bodies of course it's going to have a ripple on effect into our families into our relationships into the people that we interact with um, right and it just comes down to that relationship we have with ourselves oh wow this yeah. is fun see so it was a opportunity that was tragic that enlightened you to go deeper with knowledge and so when you talk about silence and i have like a whole bunch of questions because this is kind of like an informative conversation that we i want to have because um in fitness i'm gonna change my mic here because i got a call and someone jumped in like that's what that was oh there we go. That yeah. should be better. Perfect. Okay, so I have a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're more informative questions because I just see health as consequential to like well-being, mental health. Um, and this is, is it safe to say this is one of your passions, if not the passion? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it always has been. Originally, when I was younger, well, in school, actually, it was to go down um, and do medicine. But then okay. I had a few years off and it was actually my mom said to me, um, but look at your lifestyle. So I was more of the impression there's absolutely a place for medicine. I'm not denying that. But right. preventative medicine is where my heart was at. And that's more where rather than getting, you know, the diagnosis in five years' time, why not look at the blood work and see that's where you're tracking, prevent that from happening so you don't get to that point of diagnosis and then you have to backtrack or do a lot more work than you could if you were working more preventatively. Wow, my head is like spinning because I, okay, I'm just going to go to the questions. See those <laughs> questions. Because normally we have these conversations and I'm telling you guys when I got connected to Kaylee, it was like light bulbs are turning on because what you do, I believe, can help so many around. And so one of my questions was, 
post-COVID, how has pre-COVID COVID changed how you how you practice your passion? How what how has COVID like redirected or or just altered what you do? Is are you more um, traditional or do you open up with social media? How how did how did COVID impact you or did it? Maybe it didn't impact you. It totally impacted us. Um, oh, so wow. to, I used to be in a business partnership where we owned a gym and then the clinic on top of that. So our client base was very much, I've always been fitness industry, but it was the people coming through that were members of our gym. So my business partner at the time had her first baby, which we went from working huge days to then she had to knock back on that because Bub's the priority. Um, mm-hmm. But then COVID kicked in as well. So she had Bub, she had COVID, we had lockdowns. There were so many rules changing 24-7 that we just, my vision was always to move online. I just saw oh. that locally for me felt a bit more limited than being okay. online. Um, I think because you have access to everyone when you're online, um, you've just got to kind mm-hmm. of get that marketing right that, it ended up being an absolute blessing. It was just a really huge challenge to jump from a brick and mortar business to an online business. We're not the biggest tech people in the world. So that was true. I know. I know. Yeah. Me either. It was like, whoa, well, this is too much, like way too much in the last six months. Um, yeah. And so for you, when you made this leap into tech and, and, were there certainties that you had to do? I mean, how, how did it, how did your techniques and your clients, um, did you pick up more clients Did your clientele follow you now that you're worldwide and in your passion, I, I know there there's a need, like pick a country, find a problem, right. With health. Mm-hmm. So how was this challenge for you? How did, were you able to adapt to it? The first I want to say the first year was hard, Um, I think for everyone anyway, because there was so much change that was happening. We Uh ended up, the exposure online was far greater than the brick and mortar business anyway, but we did have a lot of our members follow us online anyway. So we continued, we used to run programs in the gym that were essentially what we do online but it changed to home workouts instead of at the gym workouts. Um, And rather than me doing workshops at work, it would be online. So it was still essentially the same structure, just a different platform. So it was a nice transition in that way, but it was more figuring out, you know, the apps, the the strategy, hold these people, blah, 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 that that was the learning curve. Now, looking back six or seven years when you jumped into this, who were some of your, who helped you? Who, I mean, like, who were some of your mentors, some of how you got this passion to find better health? And I, that's one question. And then I want to kind of dig in to exactly what you do. Mm, so yeah. who were some of your mentors? Jake Carter. He was my first mentor that I was with, with for a few years. Um, okay. He was definitely my biggest inspiration for quite a long time um mainly because he's an absolute genius so (laughs) and he's just on a whole other level of genius when it comes to functional medicine so he definitely Mm -hmm. inspired me in that way he also inspired me in the business way um since him I've gone through I mean I've had mentors since I was about 20 so they've all influenced me in different ways but I would say 
you know, health space. It's definitely Jake Deleshall, Jake Carter, Dr. Libby Weaver, um, Dr. Carrie Jones. There's quite a few people that live in the States that inspire okay. me. Me. Um, Australia, there's definitely a few face-to-face practitioners that do, but I find Australia is a little bit behind when it comes really? to... Really? Yeah. If I look at what's happening in the States in the functional health world, um, I would say they're leading for what I'm aware of compared to Australia. Australia's catching on, but we've always just been a little bit slower to grab on to new things and more innovative ways of doing things. You think that's because of like culture more relaxed versus, you know, here it's always, you know, 30 seconds, we got to have it. 30 seconds, we got to have the next best thing. You think it's more of a cultural thing? I think so. I mean, the Australian lifestyle is very much um, more relaxed and very much a lifestyle than it is, yeah, going over to the States. And then you see the, yeah, the work mentality over there is completely different to over here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which I think is inspiring, but it's just tricky when you're, yeah, you're in a culture that doesn't prioritize that. <laughs> hey, sometimes that's an advantage. It really is because I think of you get to take life in when you're not always, you know, you got to be here and not 45 minutes here and another hour there. When it's always a schedule, I don't really think most human beings can enjoy themselves when it's always a schedule oriented routine that they're always in so um, I can't wait to go to Australia just to kind of take in the land um, and the culture by the way yeah it's a beautiful like a beautiful country beautiful place I um funny when you sent me the questions that you were going to ask one of the lessons looking back to young Carly was um, to enjoy life a little bit more and I think be a little bit more off schedule and have fun right. in those moments right. not necessarily just like work 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 Right. I know you, you, you are a backpacker. I was re- I'm reading, I read. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so you have done some backpacking in the mountains and all that, but I want to get to that in a minute. Um, yeah. I want I want to, I really want to dig into what you do and how you do what you do and, and the why, like, what is it that you do and, and your clients and what, what's the why, what, what's, what makes you like thirst and get up and let's get after it every day. People, it's always people. I love people and I love the connection and I think it's more about the um, the awareness of where and why we're limiting ourselves, whether that's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, whatever it is, but there's mm-hmm. limits that we put on ourselves. And so when we understand and really connect with people, that's where I believe we can begin to transcend. And it doesn't necessarily mean like if I'm in consult with someone, yes, we're working physically with people, but my gosh, is it counseling? My gosh, is it connection? Like there's so many avenues toward what it is someone initially walks in for. So I think Um, they're always the reason why I get up because if I, you meet someone and usually they're at their rock bottom of some capacity when Mm -hmm. they get to me. Okay. And they've been through all the practitioners and they've tried everything. And again, it's talking to the old me. It's like they're frustrated. They're at rock bottom. They don't know where to go from here. Totally understand that. And so you're holding them in a space of realizing what's going right and what's going wrong. And you can see that. And that's why I love, blood work that's why I love educating people is because it's very clear what's going right and what's going wrong and from that you start to pave a way forward 
Whereas if it's guesswork, if, you know, it's just a broad approach, they don't necessarily know and they're not necessarily held in a space where they truly understand why my body's doing what it's doing, why I'm in the state that it's in. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that path forward is a little foggy. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really the approach. And I think if we can blend we can blend the science side with the human connection side and understanding that we're human and no one's going to be perfect in, you know, their treatment plan or following it hundred percent, blah, blah, blah. Right. There's right. going to be room for error in that. And it's not to say that you're not doing it right. I think the mentality of, you know, doing things hundred percent of the time, hundred percent is not achievable for majority of people because life happens. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, scheduled and things are going to get in your way it's the same Mm -hmm. with health you may slip up some days you might do things that are on your plan but it's not to say you fall off track and don't keep going it's just a part of life and we have to be able to move through those processes rather than just stop amen to that Mm. what do you do for those who are listening what do you do in my own journey no for what for for your practice Mm-hmm. What do I do? So in terms of nutrition, naturopathy, yep. yeah. Yep. So if someone, well, when someone walks in, it depends. Mm-hmm. If it's in my own business, a little bit different to when I'm at the Gaia retreat. Um, okay. It's the same kind of process though. So it's really just understanding them, understanding what's going wrong, pulling up their blood work, pulling up their live bloods, going mm-hmm. through medical history, symptoms. So I call it... It's biofeedback, but essentially it's how is your body trying to communicate to you that things are going right or things are going wrong? And that okay. happens in the way of symptoms. So fatigue, brain fog, gut issues, weight gain, inflammation, like are you not sleeping properly? Is that thrown out of whack? What's going on? If you if you look at your body as trying to be your best friend, trying to talk to you, not against mm-hmm. you, are you actually listening to the messages it's trying to send? Mm. And so I think that people normalize not feeling well because it's just normal to not have good energy and it's just Mm. normal to have gut issues or bloat every day or feel constipated or whatever it is. That's Mm -hmm. just normal. It's not normal, but that's what they've settled for. It's just because there's a lack of understanding and a lack of listening to why the body is sending those messages. So that's where the education part kind of will come in. But it's a process, and I think you can't do it all at once. Um, right, usually right. People with conditions, it's taken years for them to get to a certain state of health. And so right. you have to give it a bit of time, and it's an identity shift. Like a lot of the time people become what they're diagnosed with. It's a part of their Yes, yeah. yes. Exactly. You hit it right on. It's, I'm like, I need to write that down. It's an identity issue and they become their diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Do you find more so the challenge to undo those building blocks that they have put in place? Because, you know, maybe I have come with a a tumor or, or some form of uh, inflammation and like you said, you become that, and so you just be, begin living with it. It becomes like the tumor becomes your best friend versus your body versus having that conversation with maybe I'm I'm not feeling okay, and maybe me not feeling okay is not right. So what can I do? 
that's like really cool cool mm-hmm. that identity factor i'm trying i'm so intrigued by what about what you do and um for me it's big identity thing right and it's like it's not just i mean we're talking about physical health and conditions but it's not just yeah. that you know if people go through trauma as a child and they tie themselves to the trauma it's still an identity because they're still a victim in that so there's yes. still the, all of those elements in so many different fields but in the physical health world it's very much an issue like if we look at for instance obesity and mm-hmm. someone bullied their entire lives they don't believe that they're ever capable of losing weight that is their identity and so right. usually what I'll see with people that it's it's at their core that is who they believe they are right they will self-sabotage in some capacity to return right. to that identity do you play coach a lot and are you connecting with doctors with your treatment plans when you deal with your clients? Yeah. So some, some doctors, um, I will work, depending on the condition types that these people have got going on. Um, Mm -hmm. usually when it comes to anything to do with fertility, anything to do with hormones, that's where I'll connect in with the doctors. Doctors aren't heavy on the gut health side of things it's just not a part of their training and so that's not going to be something that's collaborative um but any formal diagnosis will always be working alongside them in some capacity okay so you bring the comfortability factor and kind of ease that hesitation you know because i've I've been learning a lot about white coat syndrome and i was like what what is white coat syndrome like well you know it's it's this i'm like oh i didn't know so you know, that brings a level of apprehension. It brings a level of stress. So I can only imagine when you start digging into the core of, of individuals and and whatever it is that they are dealing with and why they come to you, There, I mean, there's just those levels that you have to kind of break down with them and, and building that trust, albeit um, digital. Mm-hmm. which is different from brick and mortar, right? Absolutely different. Wow. But still workable. I think that's been the beautiful thing about, you know, COVID and everyone moving a lot more digital is that action yeah. can still be made through technology. Um, oh, huge. And still, yeah, still a space that's being held. So, yes, it's different, but you can still get what you need a lot of the time from an online conversation as well. And how much time do you spend with your clients? Like, Do you see them through the process from phase one all the way through the phases? Yeah. So, and that's only within my own business though, but that was very intentional um, because I'd worked in clinics before usually what happens is you'll see someone for initial consultation usually 60 to 90 minutes um then you'll see them for follow-up consultations probably every four to six weeks after that my issue is accountability in that time so that was where I took my own business and thought well if I'm going to do this I'm going to do this my way which is what Mm -hmm. I love about business um Mm -hmm. initial and then a 30-minute check-in every week to fortnight and that just makes sure and then they've got access to me all of the time when things come up and that's anything from self-sabotage to a plan change do you get sleep yeah. <laughs> I, I just 
I just realized we have a hot air balloon out here. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. Kind of the low, kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I was like, what, what, what was that? Like, whoa, interesting. Um, <laughs> welcome to outside. It's, it's, you know, I wanted to change it up because I'm always in the studio. So I wanted to be outside and he's kind of low, but that's okay. Um, <clears throat> so this is actually when you bring a client in and whatever the health situation is, do they go through like a, um, a questionnaire with you and what's the process look like for someone who wants to connect with you? Yeah. So it's very much a, um, a process. So there's a lot of screening forms, um, okay. that have, which usually take people a lot of time and it's a million among questions, but basically what it's doing is breaking down different systems and seeing mm-hmm. what's going right in some systems versus what's going wrong in some systems. So it's not that, I mean, naturopaths are n- notoriously known for holistic health. So it's, yes. not, it's not segregated. It's not that, oh, you've got an issue with, you know, your gut health, that's all we're going to work on, or you've mm-hmm. got a mental health issue, mm-hmm. um, we're just going to work on mental health. Because if you look at the links, everything in our philosophy is interlinked so if i for instance if we look at mental health which has been huge through covid yeah you can't just work on mental health if 70 to 80 percent of your neurotransmitters are made in your gut oh right Right. so you have to work on your gut to affect your mental health right there's there's lifestyle factors that you will implement Mm -hmm. but from Mm -hmm. hormonal from a neurotransmitter point of view you need Mm -hmm. to know being created where and so you can't there's a gut brain connection or a gut brain axis and this is what a lot of um, practitioners will talk about all of the time one's not separate from the other if we affect one, we affect the other and the same when we go into decline or deficiency i just learned something yeah this is fascinating this is what i love about what you do and and just it's like out of the box even though it's natural and holistic i would never have made the connection that the gut and the brain communicate. And that was a, a segue to this. I have a list of questions because I, I tell you, I'm just fascinated by what you do. Post COVID. What, <clears throat> what do your clients, what's their, what do your clients look like coming to you? Are they more on the depression side, mental health? Are they more, on the illness side or you know just dealing with i'm overweight i've been sitting in the house for two years i've not exercised and what do i do you know so what what does that look like it's mainly all of them i would say like i think okay health has declined um yeah COVID massively and mental health is huge in that oh my gosh yeah, yeah, absolutely huge so i think as an overall um people's mental health is definitely that's what I notice a lot like there's a lot more depression obviously suicides have gone through the roof there's so much going on in that realm because if you look at what a lack of connection does and we're isolated it's to say for the statistics and what we're seeing in relation to that decline um as well as that people have to find joy or therapy in certain things which is usually where eating habits go up and exercise goes down when we're not allowed Mm -hmm. out so Mm -hmm. then of course there's going to be the ripple on effect of either obesity 
or just health issues that they may have been somewhat laying there beneath, but because they'd been more, you know, somewhat invested in their health when they were allowed out to do all the things, those issues start to kind of rise up um, through COVID. And so they're coming with either diagnoses or about to be diagnosed with certain conditions because of what they'd been doing in that lockdown period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a lot of stagnation hampers and covers underlining issues. Like I know here you hear a lot of pre-exposed issues, you know, pre-exposed illnesses that are fast tracking much of diseases going around, you know, like right now this monkeypox going rampant in, in our country and polio's coming back. And and then I was looking at your site about, you know, just health, overall health, and those underlining facts like mental health and, you know, just learning about your gut health has a lot to do with your mental health. And how does that work? Gut health and mental health. How does that work? So, like I said before, you've got 70 to 80% of your neurotransmitters created in your gut. So gut health, if we look at signs and symptoms of um, gut health or digestive health not working properly, you're Mm -hmm. looking at really common symptoms that people have all the time, like Mm -hmm. bloating, like a bit of reflux, like, you know, uh, fizzing in the stomach or... um, poor energy, brain fog, skin issues, like all of that mm-hmm. is linked to your gut. And then what throws the gut out, you're looking at a lot of antibiotics. Antibiotics are needed when they're needed, but they're also overprescribed. Yes. Right. Yes. So antibiotics is to clear all of the biome, which is positive and negative gram bacteria. So you're not only wiping the bad guys, you're wiping the good guys at the same time. And our biome is not just to do with our gut health. It's in our mouth. It's on our skin. It's absolutely everywhere. And that is the microbiome. So, again, it's not segregated into your microbiome. It's just within your gut. It's everywhere within you and on you that creates that film. So if you look at what you're putting on your skin, if you look at what you're consuming, what's Mm -hmm. on foods, if that food is supporting your microbiome or it's not. So a lot of, I mean, Look at our culture. It's processed quick foods. Yes. Right? It's not, you know, going out and getting things from the garden, things that have their own um, diversity on them. Like if you pick something up from the garden and eat it, it's got its own bacterial or own microbiome you're consuming, which adds to it. When we get something that's covered in herbicides and pesticides, again, ripped through, we're not creating that diversity within ourselves so there's a lot that kind of goes into it but it it really is starting with where the person's at we all have our different limits of what we will and won't do and how much Mm -hmm. we give to something versus not give to something so -hmm. sometimes it could be something really simple that they have to change to start depending on where their health state is at gotcha yeah, sometimes it's really quite intensive. Like if I, I've worked with people that, you know, can't get out of bed, they're on the shower floor crying because they're in pain. It's like mm-hmm. their life is absolutely affected by their health. They're usually the people that have to do quite a hefty protocol to start to move things forward. And that takes restriction in some instances. It mm-hmm. takes Consistency and sometimes it takes quite a lot of time to rebuild that so that their body starts to work with them again and the communication channels are open. 
Whereas someone That's might cool. Yeah, someone may just be suffering with, you know, bloating or bad skin, and it's often not as intensive as someone with a chronic health condition. Now, I have a question. It's more of a personal question because I, you fascinate me. What, what you do, your passion just really fascinates me. And I'm, I'm into athletics, and um, I'm going back to natural eating as well, which is really kind of fascinating. I'm like, why wasn't I doing this before? It's like, you know, light bulb moments, like, okay. And, and the energy that I am feeling again is like, man, if I had just done that a month, uh, a year ago, I'd be that much better. Um, PCOS. I wanted to ask you or talk about this. And what are some of the natural remedies that women, young girls, older women, who are dealing with this issue, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that they could look to you to get some influence, to get some direction, to get some assistance? Yeah. So I think, I mean, PCOS is really common. Um, that's oh, the wow. biggest. Yeah, it's really common in women. Um, so what you're looking at really is figuring out if it's <clears throat> based meaning is it testosterone fueled because for a lot of women with PCOS mm-hmm. they get what's called hirsutism which is essentially male hair growth right and it's okay. because their testosterone or their androgen levels are tracking high which is going to give them that male like presentation um, most of the time though the driver of PCOS part is genetic part is because of insulin So insulin is only ever secreted when there's glucose or carbohydrate in the system. So for a culture that over-consumes carbohydrates because it's in processed foods, we've got it, it's quick and easy, it's quick energy, our bodies aren't used to that load. And so our pancreas secretes insulin, which will then drive that glucose, which is meant to be burnt as fuel, into our fat stores. So that's where women will gain weight. And when someone is diagnosed with PCOS and, you know, whoever they're seeing says, well, you just need to lose weight, it's never that easy. Okay. That was my next question. Never that easy. Never that easy. Night Eagles, it's never that easy. Yeah. You're looking at what is driving the weight gain for them. What's the underlying cause of that? If it is insulin, and in most cases it is, you've Mm. really got to be careful with the types of food you're eating, the meal frequency and the meal timing, because you need to downplay insulin so that you're not secreting as much. So you're not storing as much glucose in your fat cells, which is what adds adds to the weight gain. And that was where, again, in my own journey, I wasn't diagnosed with PCOS, but similar conditions where it wasn't actually about the eating less or moving more it was about the type of food I was consuming when I was consuming it and then what else was going wrong because of my health state at that time so PCOS in terms of advice I would say you need to reduce your carbohydrate intake because that's Mm -hmm. actually what's fueling um, that insulin to store your glucose as fat and that's why the weight gain is going to be harder for you to lose um, you really need to increase protein and fats at every single meal. So okay. it's funny in our culture, it's like breakfast foods, for instance, are like cereals and oats and yeah. you know, that carbohydrate laden foods. Yeah. Whereas 
if you return to eating like meat or a really good protein source for breakfast, not yeah. only are you going to stimulate muscle protein synthesis, which is one of the best ways that you can regulate insulin resistance is building more muscle. But in order to build more muscle, you need protein and you need to eat right. You are brilliant. You are, I mean, what you do and the service that you provide, it's like, I know you understand you're brilliant, but I'm, I'm like, I'm so fascinated and you can help. I know you are already helping hundreds and upon hundreds. The first initial step for someone listening to reach out to you, what, how how could you help them cross that first step? Like, I don't know. Is she just another one of these, you know, quack doctors? And, you know, I don't really understand, you know, how is she going to help me? And she's in Australia. You know, how can, what's the first step that someone needs to go through with breaking down barriers to come meet at the table for someone of your level of expertise in these areas? Just to have a chat. So I'll always, I mean, I call them discovery calls, but essentially, yeah, it's a 15-minute free chat where they get to let me know where they're at, what they're experiencing. I get to dissect things a little bit more. We see if we resonate with one another. Like that's a big thing. And I think the the biggest thing is realising that you're never going to be for everyone and that's totally fine. Right. So it's the people that I work with, a, they get to choose me, but also I get to choose them. It's got to be a two-way relationship um, mm-hmm. for things to work because it's not something that is a quick fix. It's not something that's superficial. So there needs to be a resonance that's there, and that becomes really clear on those first discovery calls with people. So if people were looking to reach out, knowing or not knowing if it's for them or not, it's mm-hmm. literally chat and we get to see with each other where we're both at and see if that's a fit and if it's not there's referrals that I can refer people out to which I've done so many times before depending on where the people are at and what they're looking for um most of the time we end up working with each other but even that it comes down to a timing thing are people truly ready to dive a bit deeper into things or are they not or some people are okay just um, trying new things. And I was the same. It's like I'll try a million and one things all of the time. Nothing usually ever worked. Mm-hmm. Get to the longer program. So like 12 weeks for me is the minimum that I'll work Okay. And then it goes beyond. Usually it's half a year to a year, depending on what they've got going on. But right. Because, and like you say, it's not a quick fix. Like on her website, she lets you know that this is not an overnight success. She is in it for the long haul, and that's what I really appreciate about you. And it's like Godson, how he connected me to you, because I'm like, man, this is all these connectors in life and, 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 and what you can bring to the table to help so many, especially post-COVID, post all these variances. And like you said, people are indoors. And they're isolated and they're not exercising. And so their comfort foods become their best friends and their best friends begin to and, and bring the body into a more instability. Mm-hmm. And so then they're like in this catch 22 and it's like, man, just come on out and, and regain your identity. I like how you said that a little bit, a little bit ago, your identity. Um, 
you know, I, I, when I say I'm fascinated by what you do, I really didn't understand. I, I have, um, I used to have a natural path for a doctor mm-hmm. and I wouldn't understand him, but he retired. And once I realized being with him for 10 years, I was like, Oh no, now what am I going to do? <laughs> because he, he was that connection to the more than just the holistic side, but he was more the connection and, and the balance between science and the holistic side, which we, I believe we kind of need because, you know, like with everything, we could be more extreme on the holistic side and kind of shut the door to main, many of the purposes of what the values of science can bring. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, well, we talked about some of your mentors. I talked to you. I got to dive in and ask you some questions about what you do as a natural path. And this is what you're passionate about. If you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? Like all the things, what would you be doing? I know you like the mountains versus the coastline. What would you be doing? Um, I would either be doing psychology or medicine, I would say. Really? They would, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I've always, I mean, like I said to you originally, um, it was always medicine and it wasn't until I got actually quite reflective with things. I mm-hmm. still see the absolute need for medicine. So I think where you were talking before about, you know, the um, segregation between the two, yeah. I feel like there needs to be a blend. And this is what I mean by the states leading. There are a lot more integrative doctors in the states than there are in Australia. There's a few in Australia, but what integrative doctors do is blend what I do with traditional medicine. So it's okay. the best of both worlds. And I think that is the way you know, uh, medicine needs to go because it does both and it's not just diagnosis-based. But then psychology, the psychology part of it, you can't you can't not do that when you're working with people. So it's just right. a huge part of um, any type of therapist or any type of practitioner. But I think I've always had a natural affinity and I think a natural curiosity toward people's minds, people's emotions, why they believe mm-hmm. what like there's so many layers in that and that's always fascinated me so I get to touch on it in what I do um, and I love that because I think if I didn't have that it would almost be too data driven for me okay yeah how long have you been in this field no seven years now um so I studied I was in the air force actually so I joined the air force um when I was 17 so that's who I was going to go through and do med through um but then I got posted to the middle of the desert here essentially and there's no universities there so that kind (laughs) of left that out um but then I started studying for five years when I was 20 so I graduated at 25 um Mm -hmm. I was doing health retreats before I finished graduating Mm -hmm. we still do now um it just got yeah in the head and you're part of the the Gaia retreats. That's, am I saying that right? Is it Gaia or Gia? Gaia. Gaia. Okay. And for those who are local, they can come and register and be a part of those weekly retreats. Is that correct? Yeah. So the Gaia retreats very. Do you know Olivia Newton John? Yeah. So it's her retreat. Okay. So it's like a. It's a health retreat, but it's like an escape. So for people or it's downtime for people. And they you run it 
So they can come for a weekend, they can come for a week, they can come for a month, whatever it is. Um, mm -hmm. And you just walk through them, but you get a bit of everything in that. And that's what I really like about it. So we've got this, I think there's nearly 30 practitioners that are there. So you have this like wide array of therapists and practitioners, which are anywhere from beauty to what I do. Um, mm -hmm. And you kind of get to choose. So depending on where you're at and what you want is the mm -hmm. therapist you choose. So it's been really beautiful for me because I've got to have really good conversations with people that are doing things polar opposite or working polar opposite to the way I do and it right. all works together. It's really fascinating, you guys. And, again, she does – I'm on her site because her site's really cool and she's really organic and a people person. So she's going to tell you like it is in real time and she's not going to waste your time with with her time and your time because she she just values and appreciates life and what she does. This is like her passion. Um, this 15-minute call, I'm looking at it. I love the discovery call. And I'm sure you have come to much discovery in a 15 minutes from whomever, from wherever, which helps you put a protocol or a plan, a comprehensive plan for what you're going to do. Um, what are some of the things that you would maybe share with preparing for a call of, of a discovery call with you? What would you share of how someone get ready for that? I think looking at exactly where you're at, what you're experiencing, what you want, mm -hmm. where you've been and how long you've been trying for. That's mm. usually the deciding factor for people. If people are kind of new and in the explorative phase of like, you know, I've got this and I haven't been feeling great for a little bit, right? usually it's like I'll try a few things and see. Whereas people that have been doing it forever and not getting any results, that's they're usually the ones that are going to jump on quite quickly um, because they need to hand it over to someone in their field that's going to mm. guide them through it. So I think just being really honest with, you know, what you actually would like to achieve, what's stopping you or what are you feeling at the moment that's affecting mm -hmm. you? Because there's a difference between, like I said, making something normal, even though it's not normal, and right. then how we ideally would like to feel and live. There's usually quite a contrast in that for most people. So mm -hmm. it's deciding if, you know, that future version of you and where you're at now, are you willing to make tracks and sacrifices to get to that or are you happy with where you're at and are you actually okay with that? And I think that's the deciding factor for a lot of people. And the confidentiality factor with your client, your patient or clients, I, I assume they're clients, not patients, they're mm -hmm. clients. That's a part of the program. Is mm -hmm. that correct in saying that? Always. I mean, you're going through medical, so it yeah. has to be. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the time, I mean, we form really beautiful connections with them um, because mm. it, is, it is in depth and you can't not, like you're talking to someone every week, a relationship forms mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and it is confidential because it needs to be. I mean, you don't yeah. want to divulge, you know, your deeper secrets and then right. Yeah. Right. So it definitely is a safe space. Definitely if you are watching and listening to this on a later um, rebroadcast, um, exactly like what, what Kaylee had just said for you to prepare for a 15-minute phone call. And I'm saying, 
if you are stuck or in a rut and you just can't seem to get any kind of traction, this could be an, an, a, a better alternative versus what you're doing. It's like what Dr. Phil says all the time. How is that working out for you? <laughs> it's like doing the same thing over and over and over, hoping for different results. And if you, you know, there's just many opportunities and what you bring is a lot of value, a lot of hope. Um, and you bring results from your website. It's like, you, you know, you, she tackles blood work, circadian rhythm, emotional state, gut function, nervous system, you guys, um, the training style, the dietary approach, the hormonal function that she talked a little bit about earlier on this, even the stress load. And, you know, by and large, for the last three years, people are carrying a lot of stress loads. Absolutely. And they, they, and they don't know how to deflect the stress or, or get some stress reduction. And she does nutrition. And these are like these key factors. And if you don't know where you are sitting in maybe a handful of these, reach out to Kaylee um, and she'll help you out. Can you let our night eagle, I call them night eagles because normally the show, the radio show is on at nighttime and, you know, so we're up at night. So um, how can they reach out and connect with you? Just either through my website, so KM Holistic, or Instagram is KM Holistic and Facebook. It's all the same. If you just punch that in, um, you'll find me and then send me a message, send me an email, whatever it is, um, and then we can jump on one of those calls just to see, yeah, see where we're at with one another and see where you're at in particular. I hope you had enjoyed this time. I, I, I want to keep you like for another hour because it's like I got so many questions, but yet well, I'm, I'm really fascinated and I loved how you put your website together where it's information is personable and it, it attracts um, those all like myself who just have questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have a passion behind the purpose with results. And I love that about, your particular field and and what you practice to do so thank you for just sharing a little bit of your time with me i really and i'm intrigued and, and fascinated by what you do i really and i know it can help as many people so you guys are listening to this i want you to go to her website i'm encouraging you. if you are dealing with a situation and it's a battle like an insurmountable battle with you it's not really insurmountable it's like what she said you're identifying too what you have gone through. And so now we just got to peel away some of these layers so she can help you be free and be healthier. It's all about being healthier. We've all sat for three years or many of us sat for three years and we have been isolated to the chair. (laughs) So the only exercise maybe you've been getting is up and out of the chair to the bed. So um, this is KM Holistic. I'm speaking with Kaylee Johnstone from South Wales, Australia, making the connection. I know she's got something for you guys here. Kaylee, is there anything you want to say before we leave uh, this, this episode and drop the mic right here? Just thank you for having me, really. I love, obviously, chats like this and meeting you and seeing what you're doing in the world. Um, I think one of my biggest things is seeing people that, you know, have that spark for life and have that spark for what they do and you're definitely oh, yeah. And so it's beautiful to be able to connect with someone that loves what they're doing as well. I love it. Um, I am passionate about just life and being free. And like when you get to 50, for me, it's more, it's just vibrant. And I want to be able to hopefully in the future, get you right back on because 
I'm, I'm sure we can have a longer conversation and I want to have that conversation and, and, and just kind of pick your brain yeah. and know yeah. you like backpacking and I'm watching shark week. So I'm like, Oh, she surfs. This is nuts. So do you do a lot of surfing? Yeah, I love, I've been surf. I mean, I was raised on the ocean. So um, surf club, surfing, rowing, like all of it, we're always out there, but I've only seen, I mean, probably three close encounters with sharks. So it's not like they're everywhere. Um, <laughs> well, in 30 years, I'm doing pretty well. Hey, you're doing pretty well because you're doing better than I would. I would never be in that ocean like that. Like it's on all week. It's been on for the last three weeks. And I'm like, that's crazy. The size of these sharks and, and Australia and South Africa. I'm like, holy smokes. No way. There's no way. So I applaud you for what you do, honestly. Um, I love your passion. I love that you are truly believing and behind what you do. And I'm telling you guys, go to her website. It's uh, kmholistic.com. Um, I lo- she says this. I'm, I'm just going to tell you what she says. No quick, fl- no quick fixes. No fad diets. No rebound weight gain. No extreme training plans. She's the real deal, you guys. She is the real deal. Thank you for being on this episode with me. I really appreciate you. If you guys want to contact with Kaylee, you have her email, website, Facebook, inside of this live stream and on your favorite platforms. Kaylee, it's been a pleasure. I am so fascinated by what you do and how you do. I'm like, I'm going to have my daughter reach out to you too because I I believe you have something for her that you can help her. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. See you guys on the next episode right here on Night Mood. It's been a pleasure. I'm Michael. I call myself the Chief Mood Officer, and you're watching a conversation with Kaylee Johnstone all the way in South Wales, Australia. Look at her make her moves, and she loves to surf. Mind blown on that one, you guys. Have a good night, everyone. Take care. See you on the next episode right here on Night Moods. Bye.